MJ. Welcome into Brewers Weekly. My name's Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. I've got you for the next hour till 9 o'clock as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. This is our final show of the offseason. And what I mean by that is when we're doing this show next week, pitchers and catchers will have already reported. And spring training is underway. Once spring training is underway, the offseason is over. And so this is our final, as far as I'm concerned, our final off-season edition of, uh, of Brewers Weekly. If you'd like to uh, give me a call, you can do so, 414-799-1620. Also available to you, the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line, 800-877-1620. It is good to be talking baseball be, uh, for, for multiple reasons. Talking baseball is fun. Uh, but it's 16 degrees outside. Not exactly baseball weather. But when you're talking baseball, it makes you uh, it makes you a little warmer because it's 16 degrees outside, and you can imagine what's going on with baseball. Uh, we got a we got a fun show coming up. Uh, one guest today, very happy to uh, welcome in Jerry Augustine. He's going to join us at about 8:35 from uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin, former uh, Brewers pitcher. Just overall, fantastic person, great guy, good friend. Uh, he'll join us coming up later on, and we'll look forward to the upcoming season uh, with him. I was bummed out because we had the uh, Brewers on Deck event a couple weekends ago, and he was there, and I didn't get the chance to see him. Yeah, he was doing all kinds of things with, uh, I think he was working the clinics with kids and so forth. So I'm, I was in the same room as him. It just happened to be a very large room, and I didn't get the chance to see him. But we'll talk with him coming up at 835. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of this half hour on Chris Carter. And we've spent we've spent a ton of time on on Chris Carter. Ashton, what have we spent more time on in the last month, month and a half, two months? Chris Carter or Ryan Braun? That's a good that's a good qu- comparison actually. I would say still Ryan Braun. Okay. But it's close. It's close. It's close. Uh we're going to spend some more time on on Chris Carter today. And the the reason is because he signed a deal this week with the New York Yankees. He's essentially going to be a backup first baseman, a pinch hitter kind of guy, and he's going to get paid three and a half million dollars. And like, how did we get to this point? How did how did this man lead the National League in home runs? Get uh, get non tendered, become a free agent almost have to sign in Japan and end up signing a deal to be a backup first baseman for the Yankees getting paid just three and a half million dollars. Um, and, and I want to, we, we went really deep on Carter, I think two weeks ago and had some fantastic phone calls with people who were upset that Chris Carter is not a brewer anymore. And I understand being upset that he's not a brewer, but it was a, it was a perfect storm of events that have that that led us to the point that we're at right now. And coming up at about eight twenty, eight twenty-five, somewhere in there, we're going to really open up the phone lines on this. And I'd love to hear from you. And look, this is the people I want to hear from coming up later on. I'm going to present an argument in our next segment about Chris Carter and how we got to this point. So if you are somebody that was upset that he's not back with the Brewers, if you are upset that the Brewers let him go without getting anything back from for him, and we had some great phone calls a couple weeks ago, people who called in with 
very different beliefs than what I have, but but thoughts that I could definitely respect and understand where people are coming from. The scenario has changed. Like we we learned a little bit about how the sausage is being made with with what happened this past week with Chris Carter signing the three and a half million dollar deal with the New York Yankees. So I. For the people who two weeks ago, if you are if you were listening two weeks ago and you were the person who called and said you're really upset that the Brewers didn't get anything back for Carter when they let him go, I'm going to get into this point here in our next segment. If you still have that belief, I want to talk to you because I want to know how you can have that belief. Um, and we'll do that coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to talk about uh, the possibility of really weird changes to extra innings coming to Major League Baseball. Something's being tested in the minors. If you don't know, and I I broadcast minor league baseball for 10 years before I got here, Uh, Major League Baseball takes things that they maybe want to do in the big leagues, and they test them in the minor leagues. For example, when I was last working in AAA baseball, there was a pitch clock, and a pitcher, there's it's like it's a shot clock in basketball, and it's it's in the outfield, so you, as a broadcaster you can see it. But then it's also on uh, back just to the you know kind of down the first baseline and the third baseline. There's another two of them, so the pitchers can always see it. And if the pitcher does not throw the pitch within the time, and I think it's 30 seconds, maybe I don't I don't remember exactly what it is. If the pitcher does not get the pitch off by the time that the clock expires, a ball is assessed, and it's. You know, baseball is a sport without time. Well, there's timing in baseball in the minor leagues. Another rule like that is going to be tested in the very lower level of the minor leagues. And it's something that's done in international play. And we'll get into that later on in the hour. And we'll also tell you what brewers are going to be participating in the World Baseball Classic. So that's the program today. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line, 800-877-1620. I've got a lot of thoughts on Chris Carter and all the dominoes that had to fall to get to this point and why I don't think you as a Brewers fan, with all this information, can truly be angry at the Brewers for letting Chris Carter walk away and not get anything for him. We learned some stuff this week, and it's it's a lot tougher now to have any unhappiness towards David Stearns in terms of the decision made on Chris Carter. I'll explain that in a moment. It's Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. New rule, Ashton. Every week we have to have at least one Kanye track during the course of the program. You good with that? Okay. little Kanye coming back in. This is Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. 414-799-1620 or the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. 800-877-1620. And classic Kanye. Not like the new stuff. I don't like new Kanye. We're going back to like early 2000s. That's where, that's where you got to go with that. All right, so Chris Carter. By, by the way, real quick, uh, a plug for something that I'm doing now, which is uh, which is pretty cool, I think. We've got the brand new WTMJ mobile deal. It's a bunch of podcasts. You can get it for your phone. It's on 
on iTunes. It's going to be on Stitcher. It's all over the place. Uh, I've got a weekly Brewers podcast. It's generally going to come out uh, on Mondays, maybe late Sunday night. Uh, check that thing out. If you enjoy this program, if you want to hear more Brewers talk, we do more in terms of like the minor leagues and the prospects. We talk to like some bloggers and some podcasters and stuff like that out there. Uh, it's fun. So if you're a Brewers fan, and you probably are if you're listening to this show, Take a listen to uh, Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, available on your smartphone, also at WTMJ.com. All right, so this week, Chris Carter signs with the Yankees, $3.5 million. Let's, let's go through the dominoes that had to happen to get to this point. He leads the National League in home runs last year. He's then arbitration eligible. The numbers tell you that he is due to make somewhere between eight and ten million dollars, uh, and some people said twelve million dollars, based off uh, if he would go to arbitration, based off what he did last year. The Brewers say we're not paying you ten million dollars. We're not paying you eight million dollars. You strike out too much. You don't hit. Uh, you don't hit for average. No, you're you're not worth that amount of money to us. They try to trade him. They try to trade him. Nobody wants to take him. And remember, if they would have traded Chris Carter, they would have either had to come to an agreement with him on a new salary, a new contract, or go to arbitration with him. So if the Brewers would have traded him to a new team, they would have been on the hook for that salary. It isn't like you're not arbitration eligible anymore just because you get traded. You still are. So they were willing to basically give Chris Carter away for nothing. You could have gotten a bag of balls back. You could have gotten some you know, 28-year-old prospect who hasn't gotten out of single A for him. Like anything. And nobody wanted Chris Carter because they didn't want to spend that money. So then he becomes a free agent. And there is zero interest in him. So here he is. Season gets done last year. And he's thinking, man, I'm going to make all kinds of money next year. I'm a, I just led the National League in home runs. I'm going to be making $10 million next year. No, you're not. And the the moment he was released from the Brewers, he still was probably thinking that. You know, maybe he wasn't going to make quite as much, but $8 million, $7 million, $9 million, some sort of bidding war. My goodness, he's the, he's the reigning home run champion in the National League. No interest. Months go by. November, December, January, we get into February. This man still doesn't have a contract. And it gets floated out there that he's considering offers from Japan. And I'm pretty sure he probably could have made more money in Japan than he's making with the Yankees, but I'm not totally sure. And all of a sudden, he signs a one-year deal with the New York Yankees for $3.5 million and... He's not even going to be starting at first base. Now, the question I would love to ask David Stearns, and you would never get an honest answer from him because you, you just can't. Like no, no general manager could answer this question. If when the season came to an end last year or when the decision had to be made on Chris Carter before they went all in on Eric Thames, if Chris Carter would have walked into David Stearns' office and said, hey, I'll play for $3.5 million this next year. Will you give me that money to be a brewer? 
would David Stearns have done it? I think he would. I think the Brewers would have been perfectly comfortable paying Chris Carter $3.5 million for this upcoming season. However, that wasn't really, at that point in time, there was no way Chris Carter was going to sign a deal for $3.5 million. He just wasn't. He was, if he would have gone to arbitration, he was going to make, he was going to make $10 million. So, even when he's just been released and he doesn't have the opportunity anymore to go to arbitration, he still is in the mindset of being a $10 million player. It took three months of nobody having interest in him for him to go all the way down to $3.5 million. So here's my question for you. Nobody was willing to give him more than $3.5 million. Nobody. And the Brewers let him go for nothing. I got phone calls two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was that we last talked about this. I got phone calls from people saying they were upset at the Brewers because they did not keep Carter and they did not get anything for Carter. Now knowing what we know, that Carter is getting paid $3.5 million, and if the Brewers would have traded him... A team would have had to pay basically three times that much, maybe more more than three times that much, maybe. And knowing that Carter, it took four months of free agency for Carter to take his price tag all the way down to $3.5 million. So if you were that person, or you are that person, who thinks that the Brewers messed up because they got nothing for Carter, I want to hear from you. 414-799-1620. Or the AccuNet Mortgage toll-free talk line, 800-877-1620. I don't know if I'm going to get any calls on this. Because I, I don't know how, with with the events of the past week, how anything could change. Um, or, or how you can think the other way. But but if you do, I really want to talk to you. I want to have a discussion with you. 414-799-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage toll-free talk line, 800-877-1620. If you want to get involved in this conversation, we'll take your calls next. It's Brewers Weekly. On WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. Just one more chance for you to win tickets to see the Piano Man at Lambeau Field this summer. Tune in to Jeff Wagner's show tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour for your last chance to score a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel in Green Bay June 17th. Andrew just tweeted at me and said, quote, Yanks, Yankees were in talks with Brewers uh, of trade for Carter per uh, Buster only, and yeah, yeah, I mean people were talking to the Brewers about a trade. It isn't like those conversations don't happen, but the the Yankees just got him for three and a half million dollars. If they would have traded with the Brewers, they would have had to go to arbitration with Carter or sign him to a deal where Carter was expecting arbitration kind of money. And this wasn't a scenario where the Brewers could have like eating some of the salary, because the salary didn't exist yet. The arbitration hearings are just now going on. So there would have been no way to trade him three months ago, but say you only have to take on $3.5 million of the salary, because that salary did not yet exist. I mean, everything happened in the exact perfect order where the Brewers really couldn't get anything done. Let's get to Scott in Milwaukee. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, my question is, why didn't his agent, Chris Carter's agent, you know, knowing that the Yankees were interested at three and a half million, go back to the Brewers and said, "Well, 
they'll match it or you know four million or something now that they knew where the where the price was because well three are you talking right now or are you talking when he first was right non-tender now, right. well they oh, don't right now. they don't need him anymore they they signed Eric Thames to a deal like if they if they didn't sign Thames then I think you would th- that'd be fine but once Thames was signed to a three-year deal Carter at that point it, it's a moot, moot issue because they they don't need a first baseman anymore Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, so th- that's the uh, they they totally would have uh, taken him at three and a half million dollars, I think, um, and uh, and th- that's where it's at. Uh, Andrew just tweeted one more thing to me, and I'll, I'll get to this because I I love this topic. Like this is business of baseball meets new age numbers of baseball. Uh, meets we don't care about home runs we care about average and all this other stuff it's just it's it's a great conversation Andrew says did Brewers ask for too much and that's why there was no trade only Stearns and Yankees know for sure no the Brewers would have taken anything the Brewers would have taken a pair of cleats that have been worn 17 times for them like the reason the trade did not get done was because when he was non-tendered, when you have to make the decision if you're going to uh, go to arbitration or not with a guy, at that point, you would have had to pay Carter $10 million. The $3.5 million option was not available until just now. There was, there was no available trade where Chris Carter would not have been paid close to three times what he's going to get paid back then. The when you're when you have arbitration eligible players, you have to essentially declare whether or not you are going to tender them and and go to arbitration with them back in what November or whenever it is. Even though those arbitration hearings don't happen until right now, so there's this three month period of limbo land, and the Brewers couldn't commit to going to arbitration with Carter three months ago knowing that they were going to have to pay him $10 million when no team was willing to pay him that. Uh, it, this, this has nothing to do with the Brewers asking for too much. The Brewers would have given Chris Carter away for nothing because they essentially did give him away for nothing when they let him go. And that's why, that, that's why Carter almost went to Japan because he wanted to make $10 million. He thought he was going to make that kind of money when the season ended last year. He thought he was going to, because he led the National League in home runs, he thought he was going to be a $10 million kind of player. Well, that's not what the market judged him at. The market said, you're not worth that much. And when the Brewers tried to trade him for anything last year, anything, the the, the market said, no, he's not worth that money. Non-tender him. We're not going to pay $10 million. We're not going to pay $8 million. You know, they could have... They could have worked out a deal where they try to trade for him and then the agent talks to the team and they, they try to work out a deal to avoid arbitration. But I promise you, at that point in time, the, three months ago, Chris Carter, if you would have gone up to him and said, hey, anything, you think there's any chance you end up signing like a deal for like $3.5 million this year? Chris Carter said, no. Are you kidding me? I just led the National League in home runs. I'm going to make at least eight, probably ten, maybe more than that. There's going to be all kinds of teams interested in me. David Stearns knew there wasn't. He was offered to every other team in Major League Baseball before he was let go. And all those teams would have had to do was just take take the potential contract, the, the ability to go to arbitration with him. 
and they didn't. It has nothing to do with the Brewers asking too much. All right, uh, we're going to leave this discussion for now because uh, we're very happy. In our next segment, we'll be joined by uh, Jerry Augustine, analyst with Fox Sports Wisconsin, former Brewers pitcher, great guy extraordinaire. He joins us next on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. Packers, Brewers, and Bucks. Jeff Wagner, Greg Matzik, plus more from Milwaukee and others who are moving and shaking Wisconsin. Check out exclusive podcasts from them on the all-new WTMJ mobile podcast platform, now available for Apple and Android. Make sure to check out the Brewers Extra Innings podcast. That's a podcast that uh, I host each and every week, and uh, we just put episode one up earlier this week. On Monday, we'll have another episode to make sure to uh, check that thing out. All right, let's get to uh, the phones and welcome in one of my favorite people. He is an analyst with Fox Sports Wisconsin, former uh, Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine joins us. Hey, Augie, how you doing? Hi, Maddie. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh you know I was bummed out. We were both at uh, at the on deck event a few weeks ago. We didn't cross paths. You were busy uh, working with the kids and doing the uh, doing the, the the clinics and everything. I think. Yeah, it's always fun. You know, you, the one thing we've been doing at the clinics the last four or five years is putting a little infield in there and having the kids having the opportunity to go through clinics and we go through everything. We go through throwing and catching and infielding and hitting and fielding and running the bases and the the kids really get a lot out of it, and it's been so neat. Is this year I saw three or four of the kids that I remember that has been there just about every year, and to see how these kids advance and how they throw the ball now and how they listen to what you do in there, they're learning the game of baseball makes it a lot of fun. Baseball has worked really hard at trying to get inner-city youth to get back involved in baseball this past year uh, when Corey Ray was drafted. He talked about the the program that the White Sox run down in Chicago that got him involved in baseball. Augie, I know you've been working with kids for a really long time. You love teaching the game. Have you noticed a uh, a resurgence at all in the interest of youngsters towards the game of baseball? Well, I think there is. And and the reason I think there is is because in cities now what you're doing, you have people reaching out them and making and joy, giving them the opportunity. And, and now with all the things that go on with baseball, you know, you have all your summer teams, you have different leagues, there's many leagues you can go into, and you've got specialized teams going out there. And so I, I think especially here in Milwaukee with the Brewers, getting out in the community the way they are really helps it here in our metropolitan area. But I think that goes that way all over the state. They have youth camps and all this stuff. So I really see a little bit of a resurgence in baseball. It's a a great game, and when you see young people having that opportunity to to not only play the game up and through high school, but get the opportunity to play in college and maybe even later, it, it's really a neat thing to see. And it's just another uh, thing that kids can go out and enjoy themselves and, and do something activity-wise, which is really good. Big moves of the offseason, Eric Thames at first base, Travis Shaw at third, Naftali Feliz. Uh, the presumed closer, the catcher is going to be some combination in all likelihood of uh, of Susak and Bandy. Do you feel like the Brewers in this offseason have gotten better for this upcoming year, taken a step back, kind of stayed in the same place? What's your take? I think they've gotten very interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have the abilities to go in the opening day last year, if you take out the starting lineup and put the starting lineup with it maybe this year, you may have you may have eight new feelers in there, or I should say seven new feelers in there. Ryan Braun will be a, uh, will be in left field. 
But you look at the other positions, every position may be different. VR won't be at short. He'll be at second. But when you look at this team and you look what what David Stearns and Craig Council is trying to do, they're trying to be versatile. And I think one thing they're trying to do is not only are you going to see some new people, but they're trying to get better. Where does this team have to get better? No doubt they have to get better defensively. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team does. But I, I, I think it's been an interesting offseason because they continue to go out and get more players to become better and much younger players. It's weird because last year they were a team that competed their you-know-what's off. and But but they weren't always the best fundamental team. You mentioned the, the defense. That that left you some things to be desired at times. Out, outfield defense wasn't especially good outside of Braun and Neuenheis. The, the base running at times was a struggle. Do you think as Craig Council continues to mature as a manager, would you expect that more time in spring training is going to be spent on some of those, those fundamentals that, that let the team down at times last year? Well, I think he's had an opportunity to, to develop some of the players he's got. Uh, you know, VR came in and was sensational last year, and you had to find a place for him. And they all say, well, it'll be either him or Scooter at second base. I think VR's a, could be a great second baseman. And now with the growth of Arcia, you know, you've got, you're starting to get that, that minor league starting to develop. Do they still have guys that can still come up and help you in the future? Most definitely. But now you're seeing the young players starting to develop, starting to get an opportunity. And I think that's one thing that Craig did last year. He had a lot of patience, but yet, he wanted to build that culture, that culture that, you know, this is going to be competitive. You're going to get opportunities. And the people who go out and they show that they want to play and are willing to improve and work hard, you're going to get that opportunity. And I, and I, when you take a Kian Broxton, he's a classic example of a guy who is up and down three or four times. Boy, when he ended the season, the last 30 or 40 games that he played, he played very well. He, he's starting to get that culture of, competitiveness and going out and playing good baseball but playing hard each and every game all right i've i've asked this is a question i've asked just about everybody i've had on the show on for the last few weeks so i'm gonna throw it at you and uh, you're probably the best person to ask this question to me assuming that nobody just falls on their face of these first three guys i mentioned this starting rotation competition I look at Junior Guerra, Zach Davies, and Willie Peralta as three guys who essentially have jobs. And then spots four and five, it's a competition between Nelson, Anderson, Garza, Malone, maybe even throw Josh Hader in there. Would you agree with my premise there? Would you mind if I make sure I throw in Josh Hader? Okay. I just like, I, I, Matt, I like this kid. I, I really do. I, I think he's got... He's got a combination of a Chris Sale and a Madison Bumgarner. I think he needs a little, may need a little bit of work in the minors, but I think he's going to be a quality guy. They're going to look for the future. Uh, but I agree with you. I like Junior Guerra. The guy showed what he can do. He's got that good temperament. Came on. Zach Davies was just phenomenal through the second half of the season. I think Willie Peralta, by going down to the minor leagues, and I had the opportunity to talk to Rick Sweet a couple weeks ago, the AAA manager, and he said, I said, define Willie Peralta when he was with you. And he said, consummate professional, was a leader, did his hard work every day, and wanted to improve. And it really showed when he came back up. So I think when you look at those three guys, I think those are three guys you can look to. I think Jimmy Nelson is a type of guy that wants to improve. He knows what he has to do. Struggled last year, but I think sometimes when you get those struggles, you can always improve. But uh, it's going to be a nice battle, Chase Anderson, Matt Garza. 
Tommy Malone. It's it's going to be a fun uh, little battle to watch. It'll be interesting that uh, what happens with Josh Hader, how much he gets to throw, and if he really does get that opportunity, because I think he's the future for this ball club. You mentioned Rex Sweet. Isn't he the best? Oh, he's awesome. He is just – we spent time in fantasy camp, and I, I can't tell you, I, if I said I talked to him for – a couple hours. That probably was before we started in the morning. It was just phenomenal. I got to learn a lot about the young players, the temperament, what he does to get these guys ready for Major League Baseball. He's just a uh, really. He's when you talk about a guy who loves what he does and really believes in what this Brewer organization doing. Rick Sweet is the guy. He I'll tell, two years ago he put to, he had this mustache that was just ridiculous and. He shaved it off at the end of the year, I think, for a charity type thing. He does stuff like that. Players love playing for him. He is absolutely one of my favorite managers that I've ever worked around. Yeah, you know, you know, one thing I really was impressed by Matt, we, uh, by him, Matt, was was that when we talked about it, we just didn't talk about the the physicalness of the game, the going out and being able to throw fastball, curveballs, running and hitting and throwing and and doing those things in the game of baseball. It was as much about learning that person as an individual, and talking about that real challenging part, that mental side of the game that you have to have each and every day to play on a major league level. And I, I think he is the guy who understands it. And he said it took him a little bit of time to learn it, but I think he's a, a perfect guy in that situation where he can really get along with these players and understand these players and help them to get to that men- mental part where it takes to get to the major league level. I'm going to leave you with a tough question. If Matt Garza does not make the starting rotation. What do you do with him? Well, you know what I—I I think the, the the one thing about Matt, if he comes in, he's throwing the ball well. He's going to be in the starting rotation. I just think they uh, they are going to give him that opportunity. I think Craig Council is the type of guy that says, you know what, um, you're a veteran. We want you to be a leader. You're the type of guy that can be a leader, and he's going to give him that opportunity. I would think that if he's not throwing the ball real well and needs a little bit more time, I think they could put him in the bullpen and use. Use him out of bullpen for a little while, but I, you know, it's just a matter of where he's at and what he's doing and how we, what he's capable of doing when he comes into spring training. Augie, great to talk to you. Hope we'll uh, we'll try to talk to you a couple more times before uh, before opening day, and before you know it, we'll be uh, we'll be sitting in the press box together. Yeah, it's a fun man. You do such a great job, and uh, it's always fun to be with you. But I'm really looking forward to this year. It's going to be. A- a different year, but I think a very fun year to watch this football club. I absolutely agree. Thanks, Augie. Anytime, man. There's Jerry Augustine joining us uh, here on Brewers Weekly. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the World Baseball Classic and the Brewers' representation in it. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. The final off-season edition is what I say because next week spring training will already be underway. President Donald Trump is about three weeks into his first 100 days. How does his beginning compare to that of the Obama administration? John Mercure takes a look at 3:30 tomorrow on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. 414-799-1620 or the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line 800-877-1620. You know we spend a lot of time talking about. The Brewers being represented in this and represented in that, and they got all these guys on this top hundred list, and they've got you know this many prospects on this list. Uh, the Brewers are well represented in another area, and that's the World Baseball Classic. Here are your Milwaukee Brewers who are going to be participating this year. 
Jonathan Villar, uh, Willie Peralta, Jorge Lopez, a minor league guy who got a cup of coffee a couple years ago, Hernan Perez, Carlos Torres, uh, minor leaguers Andrew Barbosa, Hiram Burgos, Cody Decker, uh, Wei Chung Wong, all those guys participating this year in the World Baseball Classic. Now, Barbosa, Peralta, and Wong, they're in the designated pitcher pool category, which is a little bit different. A team can have up to 10 designated pitchers, uh, but they can't have more than two on its active roster at any time. So what happens is these guys are on the, in this pool, and then they're not in the preliminary games, but if a team advances, they're allowed to take pitchers and, and bring them up. So there's no guarantee that Barbosa, Peralta, and Wong are going to participate, but they are at least available. And look, that says something. That's that's impressive for for the Brewers that they've got this many guys that are in the World Baseball Classic in so many different countries represented. Puerto Rico and Venezuela and Mexico and Israel and um, uh, just so many countries. So uh, Ashton and I were just talking about this during the during the break. The excitement about the World Baseball Classic. The last time I was really excited about it was year one because it was new. I I love the concept. I love the concept. I don't know how to make it better though. Because it feels weird doing it in February, right before spring training. You you're worried about injuries. Like how's and injuries always happen. Guys are affected. They're major and you're and as a major league organization, you're not allowed to tell guys not to participate in it. If they want to participate in it, they get to. Uh, unless they've been injured, and then the clubs have a little bit more say. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can put it in the middle of the winter, because there's going to be, especially from an American standpoint, there's going to be guys who have their training regimen, and they are, they are not going to want to get juiced up right in the middle of winter when they're going through their kind of their recovery period. Plus, you have winter leagues going on in Latin America that are really, really big deal. I, sometimes there's just a concept that's really good. And there's not a better answer for it, and I think that's the case with the World Baseball Classic. I every I've I've heard every other scenario of when you can play it, and every other scenario makes less sense than what it is right now. Even you know play it after the World Series. Well, guys who are in the playoffs are not going to play. There's a bunch of injured guys at that point. Guys just want the season to be over. Uh, winter leagues are already starting at that point. There's just there's not a good place to put it. This probably is the best place to put it. Uh, how about putting somebody at second base when extra innings get started? That's an idea. We'll talk about it next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on. Not for much longer, though. We're done in about three minutes here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Follow me on Twitter. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. Always enjoy the uh, the Brewers conversation throughout the course of the week. So baseball is doing something kind of weird. They are experimenting in the very low minor leagues. This isn't triple-A, double-A, even single-A. This is short-season ball. We're talking rookie-level Gulf Coast League and Arizona League. This is, this is high-level high school baseball, essentially. Those 18-, 19-year-old kids who get drafted, they play in these. Uh, so these are going to be... These are players who are playing high school baseball a month before the season got started, for the most part. Um, baseball's going to try the international system 
of extra inning baseball. And the way the system works in international baseball is um, the inning gets started with a runner on second base. So they're trying to push scoring. Because you, my, my contention, and this isn't always true because guys strike out so much, my contention is from a very fundamental standpoint of baseball, if you've got a guy on second with no outs and you want to score that run and you're, you're just, your only goal is to at least get that one run across, you always should be able to. Put the bunt down, move him to third, get the sacrifice fly, get the RBI ground out, whatever it might be. You should always be able to score a runner from second uh, with nobody out. So that's the idea of this. You're promoting scoring in extra innings. I think it's fine for international play, and maybe it's because I don't watch international baseball. I remember the Pan Am games a couple years ago when uh, when Panama when uh, Canada beat the United States. Former Brewers farmhand Pete Orr was the guy who got the game-winning hit, and the guy was put on second to start the inning. Like I remember he was the first batter, and he got the RBI. And I'm thinking, how does that happen? Well, it's because of this rule. I don't want to see it in Major League Baseball. I just don't. Ashton threw out the idea, if you get to the 12th inning or beyond, maybe you implement it. Okay, not many games go that far. I, I guess that's fine. But I love the drama. I love the drama of extra inning baseball. Every pitch matters. Every pitch can be a home run and can end the game or give a team a lead. I don't want to see this. I just don't. It's, it's, uh, it's something that I don't think needs to come to Major League Baseball. We may touch on that a little bit more going forward. But for now, that's it. We'll talk to you next week here on WTMJ.